You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay. Hate to cut off fellowship, but y'all, y'all be seated when you can, all right? I told the first service, if I didn't cut some of y'all off, y'all would be down the hall shaking hands with the Presbyterians, too. <laughs> All right. So. All right, just save that for after service. Not right now is what I mean, okay? This morning's message is one I was going to preach two weeks ago. We had a facility issue, air conditioning in the kids' area, and so we had to bring the kids in. So had to had to had to preach something different that morning at the last minute. And so I've held this sermon till today. The, before the first service this morning, when I meet with the prayer team, Kurt mentioned mentioned that, and somebody said they they hope hope I hadn't forgotten the sermon, and I said no, that's not the problem. I've had two more weeks; it's just gotten longer. So y'all pray, all right. But that's not the challenge today. L- let me lay a little challenge, a little of my challenge out here for you. You are, 69.2% of you were going to church nowhere before you started at 2911. That's a challenge. Now, some of those, some of that 69.2%, you, were, you really don't have any church background whatsoever. So pretty much anything I, I share on a Sunday morning is new to you in some ways. But a, a lot of that 69.2% have a church background, you've just been out of church for a while. And a lot of the reason for that is because you got hurt. You know, people get hurt in church. You know why? Because churches are full of people and full of hurting people. And hurt people hurt people. You know, and so that happens. It happens. And so when you get hurt, then, then you've got these memories in your head. And, and, and you know, I can, um, there, there are just, there are a few words. I, I can just throw out a word here. And right now, and some of you would say, amen, just at one word. And others, you would say, oh, no, and you, because of your memory, because of something that's happened to you in the past. And so that's the that's struggle. So it's like it's like got about 30% of you that, that were in church, and then you came over here to help us plant 2911 and stayed, or you came along the way, and, and you've helped us take this thing to another level. And, and you know, maybe another 30% of you were, were going nowhere. You don't really have a church background. And then another 30% of you, 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 uh, you were in church, but you got hurt, or for some other reason you left church, and now you've come back. And so it's, it's all of those things. And i got to preach a message today knowing that I got, all, I got these three groups. And then, then add in the generational stuff, right? I mean, you know, because you know, a lot of you, you weren't raised hearing the sermons that I heard growing up. You weren't raised singing the songs that I sang growing up. We break out some of those songs, and some of you like, yeah, that sounds good, and the rest of you be like, what in the world is that? <laughs> right? And so that's a little bit of, of you know, of, I, I don't have a problem with the content. It's, it's the delivery and I want, to make sure, I want to make sure you get that. Because today I want to talk to you about the power of God. And I know a lot of us have some, of, some history there and some things. Because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and the power of God. We're going to talk about exposing the power of God. Because wh- why, would you, why would you title a sermon this, Pastor? Because I believe the power of God's gotten covered up. I believe it's, gotten, it's, it's fallen under several layers of things. 
We got so much stuff going on in our life. You know, it's like we got, we got a whole lot of other things we've got to do before we get to the power of God. And it's get, just kind of gets covered up with all of our to-do lists and calendar dates and places we've got to go and things we've got to do, people we've got to see. And, and the power of God just kind of takes a back seat to second place and it just keeps getting covered up and covered up. And that, and that we don't, you know, it's like we want a lot of things in our life, but we let a lot of those things that we want in our life get ahead of, of wanting the best thing in our life. And, I mean, the power of God in our life. And as Christians, it's, that, sh that should be one of the top priorities is having the power of God completely exposed and open in our life. Because I, I, I got to tell you, I want the power of God in my life. You know, I want the power of God in, in my marriage. I want the power of God in my finances. Anybody amen? I want the power of God in my kids and my grandkids that I'm raising. I want the power of God in their life. And so I, 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 know, I know what happens, though, is some of you, y'all have seen some weird around the power of God, right? Anybody ever seen anything weird in the church? Yeah, if you just hang around. It'll happen. You know why? Because churches aren't just full of hurt people. They're full of weird people. <laughs> you know? I like how Robert Morris said it when he was preaching about the Holy Spirit. He said, he said some of y'all all upset because, and you're worried and scared of the power of God because y'all have seen people weird with the power of God. He said, what you've got to realize is those people be weird without the power of God. <laughs> right? They would. And so you, you just got to accept it because here, here's the danger in that. Is where you see something weird and you say, well, I don't want any of that. But you don't realize what you're writing off, what you're throwing away, what you're closing yourself up to, what you're not exposing yourself to. You need to expose yourself to the power of God and allow it to happen because you're missing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I may anger some of you theologians here, you know, when I, say, when, when I make this comment here in just a second, because I don't believe there, there's nine gifts that Paul lists in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm not preaching on those today because I, not, not, that's not my sermon, not like we're going to go through this. That's not my sermon because I don't, I don't really believe that that list is exhaustive in everything that the Spirit of God wants to and can do in your life. Except for the fact that miracles is thrown in there so you can kind of you know, make that a catch-all for everything, I guess, in a way, Right. But if, if, you, if you've gotten this attitude like, hey, I, I've seen and I've heard some weird stuff associated with the power of God, so I just don't want any of it. Think about what you're saying no to. Wisdom. Okay, these are those nine in 1 Corinthians 12. Wisdom. Anybody ever need some wisdom? If you don't know, you do. <laughs> All right? Y'all can just fill in the rest of that later, right? Hey, you ever need some knowledge? You know, words of knowledge and faith, faith to believe. I, I mean, I'd like I, I was telling you about Wayne Wayne Newman. Just man, when he twice in the last year he's had brain surgery, and I go in to pray for him, and I walk out with more faith than I had when I thought I was the one taking faith to him. But he, I walked out, and I, my faith was renewed after just being a few in, a, in, in the ICU with him for just a few moments. And then the next Sunday, he's at church, worshiping God, got his little hat on. Somebody mentioned his little hat on, you know, standing back there receiving. Or, or like last Tuesday, last Tuesday, Cindy, Cindy Dodd, another member of our church, had 
heart catheterization, had a stent put in, saw her at a wedding on Friday night in the heat, and this morning she was standing up here as a prayer team member praying for other people here this morning. I mean, I, I need that kind of faith. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of faith in my life. I don't have time to preach all these. I said I wasn't going to preach them, but there's so much that is there. Healings, miracles, prophecies. That's four, five, and six. Pro oh, prophecies. Okay, now we're getting weird again, Pastor. Be careful. Right, prophecies. Where somebody speaks something by the direction of God, and it happens. I'm open to that. <laughs> you know, God wants to speak something good, and I'm open to that. I'm good with that. Yeah, sound weird to you. It might sound weird, but I'm open to that. Or discerning of spirit. Has anybody ever been fooled by something? You know, you ever been fooled by something, and you just said, well, you know, I, I, why didn't God just show me and let me know that? Guess what? That's one of the gifts of the spirit. Discernment. Discerning of spirits. You know, so... Uh, don't say no to it. No, you know, open yourself up to it. Discerning of spirits, the last two are tongues and interpretation. We're getting weird again now, aren't we? Yeah. It kind of seems like the longer he goes in that list, just the weirder it gets, doesn't it? Yeah. But if that weird worries you and bothers you, you're saying no to so much more that is there. So let's don't, let's don't. You know, I, I, I've had people ask me, what do you think you think God can? Here, here's what I, I believe God can do anything God wants to do. And he dreams good stuff for me. So then I'm okay with whatever it is, right, that he wants to do in me and for me and through me because I, whatever he, however he wants to do, I'm good with that because that's what he's dreaming for me. Right? Okay, so, so, so let's talk about this Holy Spirit, okay? Because well, that was a lengthy introduction. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to really uh, throw the gas on here and get going, all right? All right, so who is the Holy Spirit? 1 John 5, 7 says there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. This is something I share at Growth Track all the time because people ask about the Trinity. Listen, I don't understand the Trinity because it says right there, right? These three are one, okay? I I'm a math guy, okay? And three is three, one is one, three is not one, and one is not three. But that's who God says he is. And people say, well, do you have a problem with that? I don't have a problem with that. Because if God is God, there has to be some things, there have to be some things about him that I can't understand or he's not much of a God. And so him trying to explain himself to me is that he is three, but he is one. I'm okay with that because there's going to be some things that I can't understand, and I'm good with that. And then Matthew 28, 19, 20, in case you think it's the Holy Spirit just trying to usurp, usurp some of that position by himself, Jesus himself said it in that great commission to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not just this third you know, entity over here or whatever that, that we can just get to eventually somewhere down the road. He's God. The reason there is power in the Holy Spirit is because he's God. The same power in the Father and then in the Son is also in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and also, throw those titles up there real quick. I don't have time to run through them, but those are titles you'll see throughout the Scripture, you know, and, and pretty much anything that says Spirit, especially capital Spirit, unless it's, unless it's just talking about a Spirit or wind or something, but pretty much anything, capital S in the Bible, is talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? So then why? Begs the question, then why is that if He's part of the Trinity, if He's part of the God, if He has this power, then why? Why do we ignore him so often? Well, I think one of the reasons is because his purpose. Because his purpose is not to call attention to himself. 
His purpose is to point us to Jesus. And there's a couple of scriptures right there. We don't have time to, to, to read those scriptures, but uh, they're, they're all in the, the, the sermon notes that Brent was talking about just a few moments ago. They're all there. We don't have time to read all of them. But, but basically what that is saying is the Holy Spirit's purpose is to point us to Jesus or to, to convince us. Here's another thing that the Holy Spirit does is he convinces us that we need Jesus. Okay, now listen, listen. We just sang that song just a few moments ago. I'm, I'm not enough unless you come. There, there's a great lie that's being told in the world today that we don't need God. Okay, now some of you say, you've, you've heard that 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? You say, well, that's not a new lie. No, it's just been changed a little bit. It's been adapted a little bit because the way you're hearing or the a younger generation is hearing it is this. You are enough just like you are. Who you are is enough. Without anybody else, you don't need anybody else. You are enough just like you are. That's a lie that's being told today. And, and we were singing the song a moment ago, and I thought, and, and when I first heard that song, and I came in the door this morning, and I heard them rehearsing that song, uh, right after I came in the door, I, I, I thought, man, that's, that, that's speaking everything against that lie that, no, I'm not enough. I do need the power of God in my life. I mean, there's th there are things that are happening in my life that without the power of God, I, I, I don't know what would be going on if it wasn't for the power of God. And there are things I need to happen that are not going to happen because I'm the smartest guy in the world. They're not going to happen because I've got it all figured out. I need the power of God. Okay, so what is it that the Holy Spirit does? Now, I, 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 there are a lot of ways that I could bring this to you, but I really have been led, impressed, whatever word you want to use, I've really been later impressed to, to use the example of the disciples. Now, you know the disciples. Uh, Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Thomas, Matthew, all, all those. You know those names, right? But what about Thaddeus, you know, and Bartholomew? You know, we know a lot of them, but we don't know a lot much about them. Ask me about Thaddeus. I can't tell you anything except how to spell his name, and I think I can get it right. Two Ds, okay? Uh, I think I can get it right. Bartholomew, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know much about him. I know kids sometimes mis mispronounce it Bartholomew, you know, something like that. You know, we barely know how to spell it, much less, much less uh, know anything about him. So can't really tell you about them, but there are just a few that we know a few things about, a few of the disciples, like, like John. You know, John was a nine, okay? John was a nine, and Thomas was a five because he was real inquisitive. And Matthew was a five also because he was intelligent, you know. And James was perhaps a three because he was always seeking the spotlight, it seemed like, you know. And, uh, and then Simon Peter, he was a seven or perhaps an eight, maybe, you know. Uh, and, and somebody was trying to explain that to me between services, about eight with a seven arm or something, leg or some appendage, I don't really know, okay. I don't really know these things. I ask a few people, okay? That's why I know this. We're talking about Enneagrams, guys, okay? And uh, if you don't know what Enneagrams are, join the club, okay? I barely know. But it's, it's uh, you know, the, uh, the, the personality um, test, you know, that people are taking, the, the, the personality test that people take these days, Enneagrams, uh, love languages, you know, or uh, Myers-Briggs or, uh, or the DISC, you know, those personality tests, that's, that's what we're talking about here, Okay. And these personality tests, you know what they do? You, know, you, don't, you don't have to go study Enneagrams to understand this sermon, okay? But those personality tests, they tell us what our strengths are, but they also tell us what our weaknesses are, right? Okay? And we need to know our weaknesses also. 
And sometimes we just kind of ignore, want to ignore our weaknesses or whatever and say, well, that's just who I am or whatever. I, I, I like what Max Licato said. He said, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. Yeah, let me show this to you. And uh, uh, this, is a, this is a writing from the Apostle Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he says, God spoke this to him. God spoke this to him said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Now, Paul says, God spoke this to me. And so then he said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That is why, for the sake of Christ, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul was one of those weird people too, wasn't he? I mean, he's rejoicing in all this bad stuff in his life. I rejoice in my weaknesses. I'm rejoicing in insults. Okay, here's, here's what Paul is saying. He said, if, if all I'm dealing in is my strength, if all I'm believing in and all I'm working with are my strengths and my abilities, then, then you know, I, I'm limited to that. That's why I'm open. You know, I, I'm glad that I, God leads me into places where my strengths aren't enough. I go into places where, where my insecurities and my weaknesses and my, my failures, they, they come out into the light. I'm, I'm glad for that because it is in those things, in my weaknesses, that his strength is perfected. And that word perfected in the Greek actually means completion, okay? It's perfect. It's perfect. It's come to completion. So God is saying, my strength becomes perfect or complete in your weakness. And so Paul, Paul is it's like, he's not saying, so beat me up, guys. Come on, give it to me. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I, I rejoice that I am glad that I am walking in places where I don't have all the answers. Because that's where God shows up. That's where his power shows up. That's where his ability beyond my ability shows up. That's where his anointing, that's where his wisdom and his knowledge, and, and all, that's where all of his power shows up is in those areas. That's what Paul is saying right there, okay? So, specifically about disciples, let's go to, to the one that we probably know the most about, Simon Peter, okay? probably know more about him and his personality than we do of, of any of the other 11, okay? So let's talk about him just a little bit here, about how the Holy Spirit, how, how, how it impacted his life, okay? It begins with a prophecy. Oh, there's that one of those weird things, right? One of those weird. It begins with a prophecy that Jesus spoke over him. All right, Jesus looks at Simon Peter in uh, John chapter 1, verse 42, and he says, your name is Simon, son of John. Okay, all my life I've heard this. Simon means reed. And so, so what Jesus was saying is that, Simon, you, you are a reed. You're just blown about by every little thing that happens. Anything happens in your life, you just knock down. You know, you get a little, you get a little upset. I mean, he would go from zero to 100 in anger in less than 1.2 seconds. I mean, he was just he was that impetuous, you know, that impulsive. You're a reed. You're just like this, Simon. But he, said, but he continues and he says, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock. So Jesus is saying prophetically, he's saying, you are a reed, but you're going to be a rock. Now that didn't happen that day. You know why? Because this is really early <laughs> when Jesus first meets Simon, okay? This is still really early in their relationship. And si Simon did not become Peter for a while, okay? The reed did not become rock right then. The night of the multi-hour prayer meeting in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't become the rock. It didn't happen then. 
Later that night when uh, uh, Simon Peter was accused of being a follower of Jesus, it didn't happen then either. Because remember, that was the night he was accused three times. He said, oh, you're one of, and they, they said, oh, you're one of his followers. And he said, one time he finally just cursed and swore, I do not know the man. It didn't happen. It didn't even happen at the cross. Now, now listen, he didn't change from a reed to a rock even at the cross. It didn't happen there. As a matter of fact, I dare you, go find me a scripture, look through them again, and see if you even see Simon Peter at the cross. He wasn't there. He ran with all the other disciples. We only see John there for a few moments with the mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus. So it didn't, it didn't happen. Simon Peter, he didn't go from reed to rock even at the cross. Or the next day on Saturday when all the disciples were hiding out, he was hiding with them. Because, hey, they're probably coming for us next, guys. And they were hiding out, hoping they weren't the next ones to be arrested and crucified. It didn't even, it didn't even happen the next morning, which was Easter morning, when, when, when the, the resurrection happened. Jesus gets up out of the grave. Simon Peter goes to the tomb. He goes in the tomb, and he sees that Jesus' body is no longer there. And it says that Simon Peter believed, but he didn't become rock yet, because it says he just went back to town. Nothing changed. He believed, but nothing changed. Even uh, like we preached just about three weeks ago, we talked about the, the story where, uh, where uh, uh, Simon Peter went fishing, you know, and he saw Jesus on the shore at, while he was fishing. This, this was after the rest. Even then, it hadn't happened. I really wanted to bring that message back to your mind here today because remember when I was preaching that, those of you that were here, and if you, if you missed that one, go back and listen to it on a podcast. As I was talking about that and how what, what, what one of the things that Christ was telling him, he, was, he wasn't saying, hey, fishing's bad. But he's saying, you're fishing, but don't forget, you've got more important things to do than just fish. You've got more important things to do than just your hobbies. You've got more important things to do than just make a living. You've got more important things to do than, than just take care of all your family issues. You still have some important things to do. And you know what? A lot of you said, and this is why I'm bringing it back to your mind right here. I want you to remember this. A lot of you said, that really challenged me, Pastor. I heard you. Simon Peter heard that day too. But that's not the day he became the rock. He hurt. Hearing is not enough. Hearing is not enough. You've got to decide to do it. You've got to decide to become. You've got to decide to move. You've got to choose something. And when it happened was a day, I and mean, we can look back at those 10 days right before. When it happened, we see it happen in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, when Simon Peter and 119 other people were filled with the Holy Spirit, that's when it happened. That's when he went from being a reed to a rock because of the power of the Holy Spirit in him. That's when, that's when the Holy Spirit took all of this, uh, all, all of the, these uh, wild ways of Simon Peter, and, and under the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he gave him guidance. He gave him direction. He gave him wisdom. He gave him new purpose. He, he gave him focus. So he wasn't just acting out. He was acting in, in empowered ways of uh, now under the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, so. Let me see if I can show, show it to you. Break it down just a little bit here. Just th three little areas real quick, and, and if I can. And the first one was his unbridled speech, right? Right? Is that the first one? What's my next, next slide? Thank you. Simon Peter's unbridled speech. Um, man, I've got four examples here, but I, for, for, just for time's sake, let me just throw a couple of them at you. 
There, were, there, was, there was one moment in, in Christ's life when he took Simon Peter and a couple other disciples up into a mountain, and we call it the transfiguration of Christ. And I don't have time to explain all that and tell you what it was, but it was, a, it was just a super spiritual moment. I mean, there was just an amazing spiritual thing going on. You know what Simon Peter does? He can't keep his mouth shut unbridled speech. Can't keep his mouth shut. He interrupts what's going on. God's doing this amazing thing. I mean, it's time to just sit there and just say, hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, it's just time to worship God. And he said, hey, I want to build some shrines. Let me build three shrines right here. Now, here's the reason I really know or really believe that this was an interruption because Jesus didn't even respond to what he said. Jesus just kept on doing what he was doing. You know, so Simon Peter, he interrupts, says, hey, I want to build some shrines. Jesus keeps on going, his unbridled speech. Or, or, or when um, um, Jesus tells his disciples, and they finally get it for the first time, that he's on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified, Simon Peter pulls him off the side, and he, he tells Jesus, I'm not going to let you be crucified. Never let it happen. And then just a little while later, they're in, they're, uh, in, that, uh, in the, the room, uh, that upper room that they're getting ready for the um, for the uh, Passover and they're they're celebrating the Passover together and Jesus goes around and washes their feet and Simon Peter says no 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 you're not gonna wash my feet and Jesus said it's not about washing feet it's about washing all of you and, and then and then he says you're all going to deny me Jesus tells the disciples and Simon Peter says I'll never deny you I'll never leave you I'll never deny you and we know that he did denied him three times just in that one night and he ran from him but you know what the Holy Spirit did the Holy Spirit didn't change who Simon, he didn't change his number. <laughs> he didn't change him from being an eight with a seven or whatever. He didn't change him from being that. But he took that unbridled speech and he bridled it. He took that boldness that was there and he turned it into the very first Christian sermon ever preached and 3,000 people got saved in one day in Acts chapter 2. Because he changed it. Okay, let me hurry to the next one. Uh, his in his unbridled actions or his impulsive actions, recklessly bold actions. Uh, for example, like that day that, that he saw Jesus on the shore, he didn't even wait. He jumped in and swam to the shore. That sounds like a good thing. Yeah, I got to get to Jesus, right? Except he left the boat out in the water. Well, there were some other guys there with the boat, right? Yeah, but it, it appears that it was his boat, and he jumps in the water and swims to the shore and leaves the responsibility of getting his boat to shore with all the other disciples that were with him that day. That don't sound like really, you know, good, a good guy, does it? And so, but yeah, but Jesus is more important. Okay, and whether it's good or bad, that's not my point. My point is he was impulsive, doing things like that. Or, or like the night Jesus was, was arrested, what did Simon Peter do? Drew his sword and attacked one of them. Cut off an ear. Jesus said, nope, that's not what we're about here tonight, Simon Peter. This has got to happen. I told you the other day. I told you the other day. His impulsive actions. But what did the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit didn't take all that away from him. The Holy Spirit channeled it. And his boldness of action became now a boldness in Jesus instead of boldness in what he could do himself. Like when, when uh, uh, sometime later after the, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was arrested for preaching at the name of Jesus. And, and as they were releasing him, they, they told him and said, now, now don't you preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Now, what do you do? You know, when you get pulled over and the policeman's writing you a ticket and he, he tears the ticket out of the book and hands it to you, you know, and, and when he hands it to you, as he's walking away, what do you do? Do you get one more parting shot in? Not unless you want to go to jail, right? <laughs> now, what do you do? You say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. <laughs> you, say, you say, yes, yeah, oh, sure, oh, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, you keep your mouth shut, right? 
Simon Peter didn't do that. And the Holy Spirit used that. Because here's what he did. It's when he was arrested and they said, okay, we're going to turn you loose, but don't you preach about Jesus anymore. Simon Peter says, well, you guys, y'all decide among yourselves what you think is best to do, but we cannot help but tell all the amazing things we have both seen and heard in the name of Jesus Christ. We have to say. And so the Holy Spirit took that boldness and he turned it into a boldness for Jesus instead of a boldness in his own power and ability. Or like the miracles. Okay, the last one of these, like the miracles. Uh, Jesus, Simon Peter was around a lot of miracles when Jesus was here. He was around a lot of the miracles. But specifically, I remember two miracles where Simon Peter was really involved. One of them was when Jesus walked on the water. Remember what Simon Peter did? He said, let me go. He said, let me, let me do it too. You know? He didn't say, let us. You know? he, didn't say, let, or he didn't say, let one of us. He said, let me. I want to do that. I wanted to, so he got a miracle. He got to walk on the water with Jesus. He got a miracle like that. Or, or when uh, uh, Jesus made a, a coin appear in a fish's mouth, you know, and, and Simon Peter is the one who got to get the coin out of the fish's mouth and everything. But you know what that was for? That was to pay his taxes. It was to pay his taxes. So, so uh, still, that was, a, that was a miracle for Simon Peter. But you know what God did? You know what the Holy Spirit did? When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he turned that miracle working, he turned all that, uh, that desire to see miracles into not just miracles for himself, but miracles for other people. Because right after he's filled with the Spirit, we have the story of where he is going to the temple to pray, and there's a lame man laying there, and, and the lame man is asking him for money, and Simon Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Took him by the hand, raised him up, and his ankle bones received strength, and he went running and leaping and praising God into the temple. Because now the miracles were not just about... Simon Peter kept getting miracles for himself. Miracles still happened for him, but the focus now was on other people. See, here's what the Holy Spirit didn't do. Okay, in case you're worried and wondered about it, Holy Spirit didn't say, I'm going to change you, Simon Peter. And he didn't say, look, Simon Peter, I know you're an eight with a seven arm or whatever. I know what your love language is, and I know I'll never be able to trust you in front of a crowd. You know, that's what some of y'all think. You're thinking the Holy Spirit saying, I won't be able to trust you in ministry, so I can't use you in this new thing I'm about to do. That's not what the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit took Simon Peter right where he was. Give me that, give me that next... Um, uh, because Simon Peter, without the power of the Holy Spirit, would have continued to, act, to speak and act impulsively at times. He would have continued to resort to cursing and swearing when he got backed into a corner. He would have continued to create more problems than he solved. Sound familiar? Sound like anybody's life? Does, it, does, does that ring a bell? And, I mean, we don't want to say amen right here, right now, in the middle of this, say, yeah, that's my life. But does it sound familiar? Oh, and maybe, maybe you aren't cursing and swearing when you get backed into a corner. Maybe your problem is depression. You know, those kinds of things. And I'm not saying any of those things are sin. That's what life does to us. And we will continue to live in that. We will continue to, to be impacted by all of that in our lives until the power of the Holy Spirit is exposed and opened into our lives when we allow ourselves to be totally exposed to Him and we allow His power to be exposed into our lives. Then those things change. And so the Holy Spirit didn't say, Simon Peter, you're still doing all those things and I can't, you know, Simon, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was able to take Simon Peter beyond 
all of his, his faults and his inabilities and his inadequacies and his failures. The Holy Spirit was able to take him beyond all that. And he's able to do the same for you. He's able to do the same for you. Let me say this, and, and, I, and I say this, maybe I, Paul said it this way one time when he was writing. He said, I, I, I say this by permission from God, maybe not direction. And, and I'll tell you, I, I believe I'm saying this from direction, but I'm at least saying this with permission from God, that I believe, I believe the most awesome thing that the Holy Spirit does in someone's life and, and all these miracles are one, it's, it's awesome to have, it's awesome to have someone have brain surgery and show up at church the next Sunday. It's awesome to have someone have a heart cath and, and a stent, a 90% blockage, and show up to pray for other people the very next Sunday. It's awesome to have, have man after man and, and women after women come, come in and say, hey, God gave me that job that I needed. It's awesome to, to see and hear all those things over and over and over, but I think the, the most awesome thing the Holy Spirit does is life change. Life change. When, when alcoholics start living sober, when addicts start walking free, when liars start telling the truth, and when cheaters go back and they fix all the stuff and they make restitution for all the, all the things that they've done against other people, that's what, that's what real power is about that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into our lives. And, then, and when that happens, then all these other crazy, and yeah, maybe even some weird miracles can happen in our lives too. I, I got to hurry right here. Give me those next two slides all together, right, all that long list. Two things. The gift of the Holy Spirit is God's power for you. And his power has all, of these, has all of these purposes, to teach and then remind us what we've learned so it doesn't go in one ear and out the other. To guide us into all truth, to not be, to not be swayed by what somebody else tells us the truth, to comfort us in our times of, uh, of trouble and help us through those times, to testify about Jesus, the power to share Jesus everywhere we go, and the power for miracles. And those are the scripture references just for those things right there, and I could have given you a bunch more. I could have given you a ton of more scriptures about what the Holy Spirit can do and wants to do and his purpose in your life. But you've got to open yourself up to the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to expose, expose yourself to him and let him expose his power to you. we got to be open to do that. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.